from Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall in our studios in La Crosse on the campus of UWL, which uh, is fortuitous because we are joined today by UWL's Chancellor Joe Gao, as well as uh, Marty Frank from Train Technologies. And what we're talking about uh, is, is a very interesting project uh, called the Prairie Springs Project, in particular, phase two of that project. Phase Phase one is already done, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, the university and others are on a big push to get phase two underway. So without further ado, uh, first of all, let me welcome Chancellor Gowd back to Newsmakers. Chancellor, thanks for joining us. Oh, great to be with you, Ezra. And then we have Marty Frank from Train Technologies. Marty, welcome to Newsmakers. Thank you for having me, Ezra. So we're here to talk about uh, Prairie Springs phase two, but let's go all the way back to the beginning, Chancellor. Uh, for people who might have heard references, maybe seen it in the news in the newspaper, they're casually familiar with Prairie Springs uh, as a term that they've heard. What what is it, and and what has it already done on the campus of UWL? Well, science and technology um, and uh, healthcare. These are areas that we're seeing more and more students interested in, and and you know that's why uh, Marty is here today. We have a great relationship with Train, and we educate a lot of people who will go over and be a part of his wonderful uh, organization. And so we've known for some time that we need to have a modern science education uh, facility. And if you're familiar with our campus, the uh, Cowley Building was the traditional science building. And that was built in 1965. So you think how much science has changed uh, over those 50 plus years and then how we teach science as well. So uh, we've known for some time, you know, a little over 10 years that we need a new building. So if you flash or rewind back those 10 years, we came up with a proposal for a uh, science building and the UW system said, it's fantastic. We can see the enrollment numbers and, and you really have a strong demand there. So this is justified. There was just one problem. It, it, it was at that time thought to be a little bit expensive. Uh, it was about $125 million project. And, and at that time, no building outside of the UW-Madison campus uh, was more than $100 million. And, and, you know, as you can uh, appreciate, Every campus has its needs, and so the UW system does a great job of managing um, those needs and determining priorities and a schedule and has some wonderfully talented people who, who do that complex work. And they said, you know, realistically, the way to get this done is to put it into two pieces. And so um, we can get you the funding from the state for that first piece, which are, uh, involves the laboratories um, and um, some teaching space that is particularly collaborative where, you know, you need to be able to move around and um, anatomy and physiology or, um, you know, some of the chemistry areas. Now there are experiments that are, are very dynamic. And so we got that done and we said, we'll wait our turn to get the um, rest of that building, which are involves classrooms that are modern and you know accessible to people with disabilities, have the right sight lines. I mean, if you go into our Cali building right now, it's immediately apparent that it's just utterly outdated. And so we've been um, waiting patiently 
to get the funding uh, for that completion of the building. And so now the governor has um, very kindly put that in his budget proposal. So we feel quite optimistic that this will come to be. Uh, now the budget process is, is a long one and you've got to get not only the governor's support, but also the support of the assembly and the Senate. So we're um, you know, trying to educate everybody about how important this is for our, not only university, but for our region, our state, um, to have a great workforce of the future and to be um, helping companies uh, that are institutions in, in lacrosse and the world really train. Um, so that's what this is all about, Ezra. So you have, um, you talked about the, the, the student numbers uh, needing to uh, use that to help prove the concept. Kind of uh, this is uh, this is going to be necessary. We have the numbers to support this, but there's also a sort of field of dreams aspect to it. Like if you build it, they will come. Like when this phase two is complete, how how many how many more students is does that make your various uh, science and health disciplines able to accommodate? Well, we know that facilities matter. And, and I say that because since we've gotten the beginnings of Prairie Springs, we've seen the numbers go up. So I would imagine that when we finish the project, we'll only see more growth. We've also been able to renovate um, our Wittick building and put our College of Business Administration there. That has made an incredible uh, difference in terms of enrollment. And I'm the kind of person I like to walk around campus and just see people. And I often uh, encounter tour groups. And it's great to have prospective students and their families on campus. And they're looking around. And, you know, for, to be able to say that wonderful new building, that's the science facility, makes a world of difference. We're here with Chancellor Joe Gao from UW-La Crosse, uh, also Marty Frank from Train Technologies. And as the chancellor alluded to earlier, Marty, uh, you're here as as a local business leader sort of representing uh, the idea that the, that partnership between business and higher education uh, is is important in many ways. Talk about um, talk about what uh, when you locate in a city like La Crosse. I know Train's been here f forever and ever, but with with technology the way it is, how dependent are you on local institutions of higher learning to provide that workforce that you need? Uh, we're very dependent. In fact, uh, I was just on campus last week for the spring uh, career fair for both full time and and uh, interns, and so. Uh, we do that twice a year due to the proximity to our facilities. We have about 1,300 employees here in La Crosse and across the state. And over 200 of them work here locally in La Crosse that are UWL graduates. And so that's a significant number. In fact, our vice president of engineering is a UWL grad. And so um, this is such a great area. The UW system, including UWL, have great students and great schools and we want to support that not only from the partnership that we have to be able to um, hire their students um, but uh, to work with their students while they're in school um, my staff and and i often volunteer time to be mentors in classes and um, anytime that we can share that knowledge share some of the things that we do in our labs here in lacrosse is a great partnership um, in, in being able to work together to fulfill each other's needs. Uh, we're hiring their students and, and hopefully uh, uh, the products we provide are also 
great products that the uh, UWL will take advantage of in the future. And um, it's it's been a great relationship so far, and we can hope to continue to build upon that. And, you know, if I can jump in, I, Marty and some of his colleagues, they were on campus, uh, not only for that career fair, but we, we've had some other tours. And it is just a joy to see you all um, connect with the students. And the students are very interested in the work that you do, and they want to know more. And then I notice uh, every now and then somebody will say, do you have an internship program? And certainly that's the kind of um, go-getter spirit that we try to instill in our students. And I know that you as an employer are looking for. So it's it's really a natural relationship. And, and we're very fortunate to have such an ex- outstanding partner right here in our neighborhood. I'm interested to know, uh, Marty, we, we we hear a lot, uh, there's been a big push over the last uh, five years or more, maybe 10 years, uh, to study STEM, go into the sciences, study technology, study math. Uh, are there particular majors that, that would be beneficial for people looking to enter the tech workforce these days? You, you know, from from our perspective being a, a heating, ventilation, and air conditioning company, but a sustainability company, there's a variety of positions. So not only are there engineering positions, but there are lab positions. Uh, we, we test our products um, in two different labs that we have here in La Crosse. We have other labs across the world. Um, we're, we're constantly trying to improve our products, improve our refrigerants, um, make sure that we're providing more efficient products year after year and presenting those to our customers because that's what our customers are asking for. Um, we actually have a tour coming up with the facilities director and our sustainability sustainability uh, leader for UWL at the end of this month to continue to share some of the things that we're doing uh, on the innovation cycle of, of really providing a better sustainable product to the world. And the more that we can partner with a university like the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, um, not only is it going to benefit us to hire those students, but to support a project like this will even allow us to advance even further in those technologies. Train was founded in Lacrosse uh, over a hundred years ago, um, and and yet there there are just huge cities all over the world, uh, and you work in internationally and. I'm I'm wondering um, how hard how hard it like how how much draw there is from those larger metropolitan areas that that might readily supply a lot of what you need like how how hard is it as a company uh, to uh, uh, continue to locate uh, such a significant part of your operation here which is a, a much smaller area and uh, ad- admittedly your company has deep deep roots in the community. Uh, but uh, but other places with deep roots in the community have found their way to bigger cities too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're a global company, so we have a, a, a footprint in many different states in the United States, but also many different countries in the world. And that's one of the great things about a company that was founded in La Crosse 110 years ago um, is that even a small little place like this in Wisconsin can be such can have such a global impact to the world. And yes, we have to spread out a little bit, but so many of those people and so many of those students that we've hired and our vice president of engineering um, really have that level of impact across the world. And and it's such a, um, I'll just say fascinating and thrilling type of experience to be able to offer uh, students 
and and graduates of Wisconsin universities that opportunity because uh, Train Technologies offers that. And um, this is just one of the areas that we focus on here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And we do that in many other areas as well, but um, you're right, we have to have that global footprint, but it all starts here and, and we're, we're very fortunate to have that in this great community. And it's such a, um, I, I mean, I'll say this as somebody that when the first time I visited Train, we did it in two days because the first day was the engineering and the manufacturing and you know the when you see the um equipment wrapped up on the back of that flatbed truck going down the highway you're like oh okay now i know what it takes to to put that together um there's an amazing acoustics lab there and i am a musician so i'm i'm interested in that kind of thing i was surprised but you need to what what kind of uh noise does it make you know and how do you minimize that and and so we did all the manufacturing and engineering. And then the next day I came back and we did the logistics. And so yet an international business of this scope and complexity, I mean, there's, I would wager to say that, that there's probably uh, no major at UWL that somehow wouldn't give you some entry into, you know, the, the marketing and the accounting and uh, you have to do things, weather forecasting. I mean, it, it really is impressive the wide range of activities, Marty, that, that you all are engaged in. And, and it gives, I would imagine we have students who intern and they come over and they start out with one sort of interest and, and notion. And then they find, oh, there are all these other things that might um, be something for me too and, and open up some new um, areas. So it, it's just fantastic, you know, for lack of a better phrase, hands-on learning uh, and our students benefit in so many ways. And then as you say, in terms of being in the lacrosse community, we always want our graduates to stay and, and make a life here. And so this gives them a, a great opportunity right after graduation. The, the uh, A lot of the disciplines on a college campus, uh, people might be familiar with studying, a, a, I don't want to diminish them, but like a, a more strictly academic thing like uh, like I'm studying this kind of history or I'm studying English I'm studying the, these kinds of things but when you're talking about science when you're talking about healthcare when you're talking about all of these things you you're really preparing people for uh, for jobs that exist and require particular skills Chancellor Gao when you're developing programs like this on a university campus how closely do you work with with business leaders, with healthcare leaders, with with others in the community that your university serves, to determine what programs need to be offered and how those programs need to be structured. You know, that is a great question, and I think about all the wonderful partnerships we have. You know, I mean, Train obviously is is one of the biggest. We have great relationships with Quick Trip, where our students are are in that organization. Um, Mayo Clinic, Mayo Health Systems, fantastic. Gunderson, of course, here in in, in La Crosse. Um, the, the Weber Logistics, Weber Health Logistics, Mathy Construction. I mean, it, it's all and and people like me and Marty, we 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 interact. But really, what I think our talent, if I can say that, is we know who to connect with whom. So. You know, yeah, if 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 there's going to be an impact on our curriculum, then it's going to be the faculty and the people who are close to that activity um, in an organization like Train 
that can collaborate and make sure that it's you know really state of the art and 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 right up to speed. So I I get a lot of satisfaction out of connecting people and 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 then I like to say you know then give them the support they need and and get out of the way because that's when great things happen. So I I think we have a great uh, track record of doing that and we're, we we want to do more and more um, every year because really students they are just so. Um, it's very important to them in a way maybe that it wasn't to my generation uh, where they want to have some sense of, all right, where does this lead me in my life? You know, and, 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 you know, the world is very different than when I went to college and now, I mean, people are, they're taking the long view and they're looking at is, is this college investment worth it? And so, you know, I mean, just in dollars and cents, if you put in, you want to, get out on the on the other end. And so that's why it's important to give a, a students an, an education that is connected to things going on off of campus. Certainly. We're talking to Chancellor Joe Gao today on Newsmakers. He's the uh, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Also joining us is Marty Frank with Train Technologies. And uh, we are talking about the Prairie Springs project at UWL and phase two, for which there is a, a big push to get that underway and completed uh, as, as well. So we're going to continue that conversation. And anytime we're talking about a new building project, I know people get really uh, 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 interested in what the potential price tag is for something like that and where that funding is going to come from and we'll find out about that next. If you would like to get in touch with Newsmakers, you always uh, can contact us. Our email address is newsmakers at wpr.org. That's newsmakers at wpr.org. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. It's Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin Public Radio, it's Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall on the campus of the University of Wisconsin La Crosse, and we are joined today by the chancellor of that very university, Joe Gao, and Marty Frank from Train Technologies, and we're talking about Prairie Springs. And as I teased before our time out, uh, Chancellor Gao, people just get really interested in. I know this sounds great, but what's the price tag and how are we going to pay for it? So I, I know that research has, has been done and those numbers are available. What is the expected cost of this Prairie Springs project? Well, you may remember, I, I noted that a decade ago, the whole project could be done for $125 million. Mm -hmm. And then we said, all right, we'll do the first part. And that was $84 million. So you'd like to think, okay, 125 minus 84, there's what, it's 41 million. Yeah, you'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. And so that's where we kind of started in those 40, 50 million over the years. And I'm still getting accustomed to this, but inflation um, we've seen in certain areas is pretty extreme. And unfortunately, that has happened in the construction area. So this finishing our project will cost about $180 million. Now that's a lot of money. But if we take a moment and we say the state has a budget surplus of over $7 billion and Governor Evers, and, and we couldn't have a stronger uh, supporter. I mean, his background in education and he was on the Board of Regents for many years. He certainly understands how important this project is 
um, for our university and our state. Um, he has said we could pay for this with the money from the, the surplus. So actually, you wouldn't need to borrow the money. It, we, 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 the state already has it. Um, so that's a really good thing. I just hope that um, legislators can, you know, come to see that this is the best use of these these monies. Uh, and that's the conversation that's happening right now. We were thrilled to have Governor Evers with us uh, the other day uh, on campus talking about this particular project. It, it's it's wonderful. I've known him for 14 years because he served on the, the Board of Regents. And I can tell you, there is nobody more committed to education than uh, our governor. I, I'm not as familiar with this process as uh, as as some might be, but where do is this? You're talking about funding this through uh, the surplus that already exists and using the legislative process, and it's been proposed in the governor's uh, budget. It, is that the same process that that uh, normally involves the building commission uh, and and that side of things, or or is that an additional step that you still have to take, or where where does that fit into the equation? Yes, the building commission will meet uh, at the end of March, and um, they will vote on these projects now. I've been here 16 years, so this is my ninth budget cycle. And sometimes, most of the time, the building commission was pretty well behind what the governor ha had put forward. In recent years, we have seen some um, deviations from that. And if the building commission doesn't approve the projects, then they are considered under the continuing budget process that the state has, the biennial budget process. So the um, Committee on Joint Finance would be then a key uh, group. And, and we will we certainly we've already been in touch and will continue to be um, to stress the importance of this and the other projects in the UW system budget. So hopefully they would take them up and then you'll see um, legislation introduced in the Assembly and the Senate. And um, then if they're, they have different versions, you need to have a conference committee to reconcile things. And then something does get passed and then the governor uh, signs it or not. And um, we're a state in which um, once the deadline for the budget has passed, we can keep operating. So it's not like Minnesota where you have a, a real, the government shuts down. Um, but recently, I, I mean, my first time around, it took until October to get the budget um, agreed to. That hasn't happened since then. And, and actually, if I'm remembering the current budget that we're in, that got done maybe in early July or mid-July. I'd have to go look that up. But um, it's a, a long process, and uh, there will be hearings that the Committee on Joint Finance will have, and, and we will... Uh, be there uh, making our case. And uh, I know other UW system schools will as well. And, and we get great support from people like Marty and the business community. And uh, whenever we have um, said, hey, can you um, help us write a letter or, or um, talk to legislators, uh, Marty and his folks have always been there. So we're, we're really lucky. When a project like this gets funded, um, it has... Uh... It obviously uh, is is going to be uh, a a great uh, feather in the cap for the department that it represents. Um, as more students come to campus, as construction projects continue, does it create other needs on campus that aren't necessarily funded through this 
uh, project? Is there an increased need for dorms or parking or some of those other uh, some of those uh, other aspects of just being on a college campus? Yes, and 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 um, that's a good challenge to have. I mean, you've got to have enrollment going up. I mean, that's the bottom line, and and we've been uh, working on that very diligently over the years, and it really is job one. And so, as you say, Ezra, yeah, then you have some challenges on housing, parking, those kind of things. Uh, we do have another project in the budget that would be converting a parking lot into a ramp. So we're hoping that that will get approved. So then we get a little bit more space there. Housing has always been um, a bit of a challenge for us. We we uh, would like to build a new residence hall, but we're such a small footprint geographically, it's hard to find the space for it. Um, but fortunately, we have some uh, great landlords in the vicinity, and many of them are alums of the university. And so we've seen a pretty steady um, increase in the number of new uh, apartments and, and condominiums. And, uh, you know, I, I always say as, as long as it's affordable, safe, and uh, modern housing, that's fantastic. We don't necessarily have to do it on campus uh, all the time. Back to uh, the, the relationship with, uh, on a project like this uh, with, with the business community. Marty, as you, as you watch this project um, potentially come to fruition and, and get funded, um, it, and, and you're looking at your company's needs, uh, um, I'm 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 wondering like do do you know what kind of employees you're going to be looking for like 5 years from now 10 years from now rather than uh rather than simply like these are the openings we currently have how how strategically do you have to think when you're partnering with uh, with an institution like UWL on something like that it's a great question, and and obviously it, it comes with the demand for our products, and we expect our products to continue to grow. Um, we've had great success over the years, and even in recent years, just due to the fact that we are a sustainability company, and so much of that market is growing. Um, we also know that the STEM careers and STEM-related uh, businesses are going to grow. Some of the research, research I've seen is 8%. Uh, year over year for for the foreseeable future. So knowing that there's going to be a demand for our products, knowing that we're going to need people to support the demand for that products really uh, is makes it a very easy decision for us to get behind a project like this and support uh, not only a, a great university, but a great local university that's in our backyard. And um, I, I just uh, it just makes total sense. It's a win-win solution for both of us. Chancellor Gao, as our conversation is is nearing a close, uh, I'm interested in knowing about uh, about next steps. You talked about um, some potential new information uh, at the end of March, and then how, how long the budgeting process uh, could take. Hopefully, it won't take uh, the the most extreme amount of time. Uh, but when do you expect to get a sense of whether whether it's a thumbs up, thumbs down for Prairie Springs too? We are fortunate not only to have great partners like Marty and Train, but we have fantastic legislators uh, that are always looking out for a project like this, uh, Representative Billings and Senator Peff in, in particular. Um, and they are you know, constantly 
keeping us apprised of what are the developments that they're seeing and if there are people that we need to visit with and make sure they understand the importance of the project. And, um, you know, because there have been some people out there who will say, well, well, this is an office building. And that's not the case at all. There would be faculty offices in the building, but it's mainly classrooms. So there are those little things where you've got to just maybe, you know, because legislators are very busy people and they have multiple things to be thinking about. Just make sure that um, our story is being told accurately and and uh, in a compelling way. And so we get great help um, from Jill and Brad uh, on that uh, in Madison. Um, so do you think maybe by summertime you might uh, you might have a clearer picture on on uh, whether this project is uh, moving forward immediately or whether whether there might be more work to do? Well, there are key moments. Um, the first one was the UW system putting out its list of priorities. And there we are second only to Madison mm-hmm. in terms of a major project. So that was a great way to start the process. Um then the next phase is the governor's budget. And there, too, he put us at number two behind Madison. So that's what we need. It will be interesting to see what the building commission does. And then um, if if the building commission makes any changes, then, of course, it's joint finance and what they do. And typically, the joint finance um, deliberations result in passage of what's called an omnibus uh, bill or motion. And and so then you look at, all right, what's in there? That likely won't happen till, gee, I don't want to speak for the legislators. I don't, April, May, you know, it, 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 it's hard to know. So, um, but I really do think that our time is now, um, we have been patient. We've made a very compelling case. I think it's well understood and anybody who doubts that, uh, all they need to do is come and look at that Cali building from 1965. And Marty knows exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there several times, uh, you know, and 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 that's, there you are. I walk past it on my way home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's, you said it. Chancellor Joe Gao, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Great to be here, Ezra. Thank you. Marty Frank from Train Technologies, thanks as well. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. We are uh, speaking of Representative Jill Billings, uh, who Chancellor Gao mentioned a moment ago. Uh, She is going to join us uh, after this to talk about her work with the Building Commission and her work with the legislature and and her uh, efforts to uh, keep everyone apprised of where this project stands as well. That is happening next. If you'd like to catch up on this conversation or another episode of our program that you might have missed, you can find them all online. It's WPR.org slash newsmakers. That's WPR.org slash newsmakers. We're continuing in just a moment on Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin Public Radio, it's Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall in our lacrosse bureau on the campus of UW Lacrosse, which we've been talking about today because we're talking about the second phase of the Prairie Springs project. Uh, if you heard my earlier conversation uh, with Chancellor Gao, uh, we were talking about Prairie Springs and what a difference phase one has made, and phase two will replace 
the science building as it exists right now, Cowley Hall, and it'll replace it with a, a, a brand new uh, state-of-the-art facility. Uh, but it is pending uh, some work that needs to be done by the legislature and the building commission. And uh, lo and behold, wouldn't you know it, our local representative uh, can deal with both of those subject matters. It's Representative Jill Billings, who represents the 95th Assembly District in the Wisconsin State Assembly. Jill, welcome back to Newsmakers. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Certainly. Uh, so you're obviously a member of the state uh, assembly and also a member of the building commission. So uh, we're talking about about Prairie Springs, uh, with your, which you're very, very familiar with. But before we dive right into that, explain to people who don't, who aren't really as familiar with the process, uh, just in broad strokes, what has to happen to get a building built on one of our college campuses? Well, it's quite a process and uh, quite a long process. Uh, it starts with the chancellors on the different campuses sitting down with their teams and looking at priorities and things that really need to be improved or replaced. Um, from there, um, the projects go to the, um, the president. So the chancellors sit down with the president of the system and uh, they talk about the projects together and then a order of ranking is developed. It goes to the Board of Regents for the UW system after that, and they um, put their um, mark and make their decisions on those projects and the rankings. And from the Board of Regents, it goes to the governor. So in August, it had passed through the Board of Regents. Um, then it went to the governor and um, the governor looks at uh, the projects and creates his capital budget out of that and looks at the priorities and, and ranks projects. Um, then under the purview of the governor is the building commission. So the governor chairs that commission. It includes, uh, uh, let's see, uh, two senators who are Republicans and a sen senator who's a Democrat two assembly representatives who are Republicans and an assembly representative who's a Democrat, that's me, includes, includes the governor and a citizen who's appointed by the governor. Um, so right now uh, there are eight of us, um, four Republicans and four Democrats. And so we'll be looking at those projects and uh, the rankings that the governor has given them and we vote those projects up or down. Um, in the last two cycles, the Republicans have voted down every project. And so they've created the, their new ranking system and their, or their rankings and the new projects that they've selected to get funding through the Joint Finance Committee. So the governor hands over the capital budget after the building commission's done with them. That will be the third week in March. And then by the um, the first Tuesday in April, he has to hand over his uh, capital budget with recommendations of yes or no. And then the joint finance committee then creates um, and does, does their um, ranking of the projects and decides what will be included after the Joint Finance Committee includes that in the budget, it goes to the Assembly and the Senate. And then after we approve the budget, 
it, or don't approve the budget, either way, it'll likely be approved. Um, then it goes to the governor and the governor has the ability to veto uh, with his line, I'm line item veto. And it will all likely be done by end of June, possibly early July. There, there can be a, an extension on uh, when it's completed. But it's a long process and yeah. these projects are heavily studied and vetted because it's a lot of money. Oh, sure. Uh, the, the Prairie Springs project, uh, Chancellor Gao was talking to us earlier and mentioned how when, when they started pitching pitch the project like 10 or more years ago, before phase one was even done, the whole price tag on the entire thing was like $120 million. Now, because of just time and inflation and all of these things, phase two alone is going to be a, an additional $180 million it, above and beyond what was spent on phase one. So, and, and that's just the way things look, milk is more expensive at, you know, quick trip or Walmart or whatever your preference is. And so is building buildings on university campuses, but talk about Prairie Springs in particular as, as sort of a, a big deal investment in your district. How important is a project like this? Uh, these science buildings are, are really important. Um, part of the history of these projects, unfortunately, our project ended up in this narrow window at a time when we were coming out of the Great Recession and uh, Republicans were being understandably quite frugal with the budget. And so uh, the under Governor Walker and with the Republican majority, the reality facing the UW system was, well, there's not a lot of energy toward investment in these expensive science buildings. So what we'll do is break them into two projects. And they felt like they'd flow easier with two phases. And so we got through most of the labs and classrooms in Prairie Springs one. Um, and the understanding was we would come back with a second phase and it would come through in a timely manner. Well, there are a few universities, including UWL, that were in that situation. And now it's been more of a challenge for those schools to get that second phase through. And as other schools saw what happened with, with the science projects, they're going with one phase. They're not separating their science buildings into two projects. But um, there's been a lot of good work done with community members and with people on campus um, and legislators to try to get our phase two through. Um, I feel like we've really upped our game this time. And there are a lot of uh, business uh, folks. There are a lot of, uh, lot of community members, students, uh, our administration, our foundation, have really um, put a lot of effort into having discussion and giving good information to legislators on the importance of this phase two of the building. I mean, we have a lot of um, uh, health and science majors on campus. I think 87% of them stay within the state. Many of them work locally, regionally, statewide, and supply Wisconsin with that really important workforce that we need. 
the impression that I got talking uh, with uh, not only Chancellor Gao but a, a business representative from the, from the community was that a lot of students will enter a program like this with a specific outcome in mind. I'm going to get this degree, and I'm going to work for, you know, uh, I'm going to work for Gunderson, or I'm going to work for the Mayo Clinic, or I'm going to work for Train, or quick trip or something like that in, in the field that they're going to study. So, I mean, this is, it's four year degree programs we're talking about, but unlike other students who might contemplate whether or not they need to go to graduate school or what industry they might or might not have a chance of getting a job in, it seems like, uh, it's almost, it's almost like having this facility would make it even easier to have, uh, 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 uh academic programs geared specifically toward people who could then immediately get jobs when they graduate. Yes. And, and in fact, the University of Wisconsin and La Crosse has really good partnerships with several businesses in the community. There are some businesses who have invested in the university because they know um, that it's to their benefit to help keep some of these important projects going and research going uh, uh, that helps those businesses and, and their field. A lot of those students have internships at those businesses and just kind of really nicely flow from studying to internships to working at those businesses. And so it's been, it's, it's such a benefit to our community to have UWL right here and all the students right here. Um, so the important thing with the building commission is that we need to supply our universities with what they need to educate that next generation of our workforce. So when you have some students that come to campuses and they say, my high school lab was a better lab than what I'm seeing at my university, that's a problem. So we've got to make sure that we keep up with the time. A lot of our science buildings were built around the same time, system-wide. So there are quite a few businesses, or there are quite a few um, science buildings on campuses that really need to be replaced at this point. How do you uh, go about that? Obviously, you you know you you got an eye on a project that's that's you know near your home and in your district uh, but as a member of the building commission it's also important that you've got got an eye on all these other projects as well not everything can be funded how do you how do you weigh uh those decisions well i'm i have been had have really i've had really good experiences uh touring campuses um uh, as ranking member on tourism we meet around the state. And uh, when I'm in a different part of the state, I try to do a two for one where I'll do um, tourism business and then I'll try to get a, an appointment on campus to look at upcoming projects that that campus needs, whether it's Superior, Green Bay, Stout. Um, I've been to most of our campuses uh, statewide and it's, it's really a good experience to go uh, look at those buildings firsthand from up on the roof to down in the basement um, and see kind of how things are working and talk to folks on campuses about their needs. Um, so often it's I just go and visit campuses. Every time I get a chance, I'll visit a campus. Um, also, the chancellors will come and visit me in my office uh, since I'm the chair of the 
Higher Education Subcommittee of the Building Commission. Um, this week, I've got a couple meetings with more chancellors. I had um, two weeks ago, I had meetings with chancellors. Um, this is really the time where uh, communities are pushing their projects on campus and trying to make sure that legislators understand the importance of these projects and in our, in our UW system. When you're looking at this Prairie Springs phase two, I know nothing is a foregone conclusion. Uh, are there potential roadblocks that could still come up at this point in the process? Oh, yes. We've had roadblocks in the past and uh, there could be roadblocks in the future. So um, I think we're at a time now where we've got some surplus and a lot of legislators um, understand that this is one time, a lot of this is one time funds. So people are really interested in investing in one time um, uh, investments. So campuses investing, reinvesting in our campus, doing that important investment right now, this is a perfect opportunity, I think, for projects like that. Um, when we fund positions, you know, those positions, you have to fund them year after year after year, right? If you hire 10 new people to in DNR and they need scientists in DNR, but the reality is you've got to think down the road, are you still going to have the funds to keep uh, uh, with those salaries? These buildings are one-time funding. And so if we can invest, and if we can invest cash now, it saves us in bonding and um, in paying down the road. Um, so yeah, it's 20 years of debt obligation for these buildings. So we can avoid that. And we can understand that as folks, you know, like if you buy a car and you buy and pay cash, you're done. Yeah. But if you take out, take out a loan, that car is more expensive. So um, the governor has a plan to do that. I think that's a wise decision by the governor. And hopefully my colleagues on both sides of the aisle uh, will agree and understand that. So it's possible that this budget could be completed uh, by the end of June. Uh, you said it could possibly go into the beginning of July, but at, at, at the very least, we're looking at a few more months before everything is um, sort of set. When along that time will you be pretty comfortable that we, uh, knowing whether the Prairie Springs project is going to be approved or not? Well, uh, we'll see if it's included with uh, the joint finance as they create their uh, capital budget. If, if Prairie Springs is included in that budget, I'll feel pretty good. But, you know, we, we still need to advocate for this. The Joint Finance uh, Commission does listening sessions. They're going to be starting pretty soon now. And they generally do four around the state. And I'm really encouraging uh, businesses, um, community members, uh, people from UWL, students, faculty, administration to be uh, to, to have a voice at those uh, budget listening sessions. Because if you're not there, it sounds like the project's not important to your community. And this is very competitive. So it's easy for legislators to set your project aside and say, nah, I didn't hear very much about your project, but I heard a lot about these. And so these must really be necessary in a community. Um, so we've got to make sure that we, we keep advocating on behalf of this project. I've been talking with legislators 
uh, in their offices. And so I've had some good conversations, but you know, it, it really takes a community effort to get these projects through nowadays because that's what others other schools are doing. Representative Jill Billings uh, is the 95th Assembly District Representative in the Wisconsin State Assembly. She's a member of the Building Commission, uh, as she mentioned, the uh, chair of, of the Higher Ed Subcommittee on that, on that Building Commission. Jill, thank you very much for joining us on Newsmakers today. Thank you very much. Newsmakers can be heard a couple of times each week. You can find us on Friday mornings at 10 on the Ideas Network 90.3. We're on Friday night at 7 on NPR News and Music 88.9. And of course, always online at WPR.org slash newsmakers. Kate Spranger helps me produce the show, for which I'm very grateful. I'm Ezra Wall. Please join us again next time for another Newsmakers right here on Wisconsin Public Radio 88.9.